Amen. Well, I feel like a guest here sometimes because we're on the road uh, a couple months at a time, so uh, praise the Lord. We'll be in Acts chapter 11 this morning. I know we're doing uh, studying Acts in the evening, but by the time we get to the verses I'm going to talk about this morning, it might be a couple years, so... <laughs> So I figured we'll, we'll get into that here this morning, Acts chapter 11. I want to thank Pastor for the opportunity uh, to speak with you this morning. I trust that everybody had a great Christmas. Amen. Amen. Great Christmas. As I was thinking about what to speak about today, uh, you know, it's kind of an odd day being the day after Christmas. You know, we don't have, a, it's not a holy day of obligation, if you will, uh, you know, to speak on a, on a message where the calendar dictates your schedule, kind of like Pastor likes to, you know, always go by, right? <laughs> so what do you talk about today? Do you still talk about Christmas things, or uh, do you try to encourage others today, maybe because they didn't get what they wanted for Christmas, right? <laughs> all right? So we want to be an encouragement this morning, but there's nobody here like that, right? Uh, we're all adults here. Most of us are adults here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think I need a little bit of encouragement because I got a little something in my stocking here called coal. <laughs> so I think I'm the one who needs the encouragement this morning. <laughs> Maybe because, uh, you know, I keep firing Lisa from when uh, me and my navigator, you know, and we're on the road. Uh, maybe she's kind of getting back at me here for that. But, <laughs> but uh, so I'm the one who needs encouragement, but we're actually going to look at an encourager this morning. An encourager and try to glean some insights here into his character that maybe we can carry with us as we get past Christmas and on to the new year, 2022. So as we look here at some verses in Acts 11, the backdrop, if you will, is uh, you know seeing a moving of the Spirit of God from Jerusalem. Uh, now uh, we'll see it moving uh, to Antioch. And up to this point in our text, the uh, focus of the church was initially in and around Jerusalem. And that was the epicenter, if you will, where the spiritual things were, were going on. And, uh, and we, we start seeing this move now uh, to Antioch. And once the church in Jerusalem kind of gets word of what's going on here uh, in Antioch, they send Barnabas to go check some things out there. So let's pick it up here in Acts 11, verses 22 through 26. It says this, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Uh, for he was a good man, talking about Barnabas, and uh, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Uh, verse 25 says, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus, uh, for to seek Saul. Uh, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, this morning for this opportunity and privilege that we have to come before you. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word and to glean some truths, Lord. I pray that we can, uh, what we learn here this morning would uh, carry with us uh, throughout our lives. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. I ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of our verses here this morning, uh, we find Barnabas, all right? And as we look across the spectrum of Bible characters, uh, as we study our Bible, we may identify with some, some may, we may try to pattern our lives after, saying, well, you know, I like uh, kind of the, the principles and the character that this person has or, or this character has. 
Uh, we try to maybe pattern that uh, in, our, in our own lives. Or maybe on the other hand, we say, well, I can't be like a Joseph, or I can't be like this person or that person. I don't have those leadership skills, and I'm not organized enough, or, you know, those kinds of things. So maybe those, you know, as we read our Bibles, those thoughts kind of go through our mind there. But whatever the case is this morning, I want to consider Barnabas. I want to consider Barnabas, because I believe Barnabas has something that all of us can pattern our, uh, our lives after. There's something there that for all of us here. Though he's not mentioned much in the New Testament, uh, mostly in the book of Acts, about 23 times in the book of Acts, and then in Paul's letters, uh, probably about five times or so in Paul's letters, uh, Barnabas did have a significant part in helping others. And we'll see that here this morning, that Barnabas was an encourager. He was an encourager. He was positive. He was a get-it-done kind of guy, right? Uh, Proactive and motivated, and some of us need a little bit of that sometimes, don't we? We need to be pro- proactive. We need to be motivated to get it done kind of an attitude there. So in other words, Barnabas kind of grew where he was planted. Right? He grew where he was planted, and he used the resources and the opportunities that he had uh, to be a blessing to those around him, to encourage those around him there. So as we get ready to start a new year, ask yourself, what is it that I can do uh, to be a help or an encouragement where the Lord has planted me? either in the workplace or here in the church or in your family, whatever that is. Now, I know not everyone here has that gift or maybe even a desire to be an encourager like Barnabas, right? Uh, Some of you are just plain grumpy this morning. (laughs) All right, amen. But the main point I want want you to get here this morning is that all of us can do something to make a difference. Each Each of us has something that we can do to make a difference for the cause of Christ, even those grumpy gusses among us here today. So as we look at Barnabas, first uh, we see that his life made a difference because he was willing to give. He was willing to give to God, uh, both personally and financially. And we'll, we'll see that here uh, as we go through. You know, this is something that we should be able to relate to. We should all have a willingness to want to give, right? Uh, the best gift that we can receive is, is the gift of Jesus Christ. He gave us that free gift. There's nothing we can do to, to repay him for that. But it should be something within us that we just want to do. We want to serve, right? A reasonable service to just want to give. And that's kind of what, what Barnabas had here. Just wanted to give. A willingness to give. It shouldn't be a forced compliance, if you will, right? It should be an attitude of our heart. An attitude of just wanting to serve, wanting to give. Those kinds of things. Turn back to uh, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We'll see. Uh, this is when Barnabas first comes on the scene here. We begin to get some insights into his character. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 36 and 37 says this. And Hosea's, or more commonly a form that's in the form of Joseph, if you will. uh, And Hosea's, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, verse 37 says, having land, sold it, and brought the money and the land, at the apostles' feet. So we see that Barnabas uh, was from the tribe of Levi. Uh, it's possible that uh, he, was, he was wealthy, for, from a wealthy family there. Um, he might have been a teacher of the law in the synagogue. Um, it's possible also that he heard the gospel maybe uh, when he went over to Jerusalem uh, during Pentecost. Uh, it doesn't quite say here, but uh, we do see that he has a willingness to want to give. He was willing to help. So he sells his land and he gives the money uh, that he made from that uh, to the church. 
So during this time was, was a time of persecution. A lot of persecution was still going on there, uh, but there was also a powerful moving of the Holy Spirit among them. And the church didn't pray specifically for the persecutions to stop, do they? They don't pray for the persecution to stop. They prayed for a boldness to endure, a boldness to endure. And they're all in one accord, and they're all willing to give. Uh, so even when the challenges for us come our way, we shouldn't uh, ask the Lord to, uh, to take those things away. Maybe he's trying to teach us something, right? We need to get that bigger picture, to have that boldness to continue, uh, that boldness and strength to endure. And the Lord will provide, as we see here uh, in verse 34. Back up a few verses there, verse 34. It says, Neither was there any among them that lacked. So the Lord was providing there. Uh, For as many uh, as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the price of those things, of of the things uh, that were sold. And verse 35 says, And lay them down at the apostles' feet. So here we see uh, uh, if everyone in the church there, they were willing to sell, they were willing to give what they had, and none of them lacked, why was Barnabas singled out here uh, in these texts, in these verses in 36 and 37? I believe it was because Barnabas, there's a consistency there. There's something different there about Barnabas. And, uh, you know, something that was well established. Because eventually carnality starts creeping back into the church, but Barnabas remains consistent. He remained consistent throughout. His willingness to give is just a small insight into his character there, but you can imagine there must have been many other things that led uh, for them to kind of give him a a new name, if you will, Uh, and it was his character all along, uh, the things that he was doing in and around uh, where he was and just being a blessing. Uh, Many other examples there that caused the apostles to uh, change his name, to single him out there. So he was consistent, he was willing and ready to distribute, willing and ready to help, and that's a good example for us as well, right? We need to be willing and ready to distribute, willing and ready uh, when we're asked to serve or to help. That's, that needs to be our heart as well. One of the verses that came to mind that I was going to talk about this morning uh, was from Matthew 6.21. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, right? It's coming out of Christmas. You know, we all got lots of treasures, lots of things, right? Uh, you know, don't focus on those things, right? We shouldn't uh, focus on all the stuff that we have there. Now, let those gifts uh, crowd out the things that are important uh, that we need to focus on, and that's uh, uh, going to church, reading our Bible, uh, giving our times and talents and those kinds of things. That's where our focus needs to be. Uh, the Lord blesses us with things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, that's a, a whole other message right there, talking about those things. And that uh, whole other word is, is Southern for I'm not going to talk about that today. <laughs> that's, a, that's for another time there, right? <laughs> But in verse 37, we see Barnabas having stuff. He had lots of stuff. He had land, but then he was willing to give what he had for the cause of Christ. Verse 37 says, having land, sold it and brought it uh, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Uh, It doesn't say how much he had. It doesn't say how much he gave, but whatever it was, he gave willingly. He gave willingly. In other words, his heart was more focused on serving God and meeting a need than it was accumulating wealth and treasures and stuff. Now, if anyone here has any extra land or buildings or stuff that you want to sell, bring the money in, lay it down at the, at the uh, deacon's feet, we'll certainly take that, and uh, we'll apply it to our new building here at some point. But, but uh, you know, we just need to be willing to give, right? Whatever we have, whatever the Lord uh, asks us to do, uh, we need to be willing to do that. <clears throat> you know, how many times have we heard uh, preach that you can't take earthly things with you, right? Uh, we can't take it with us, and Barnabas knew that. 
He knew that. He knew that this world was not his home and uh, he was not tied to the earthly things, but he was willing to give what he could so he can be a blessing. Luke 6.38 says, given it shall be given, right? Um, Malachi, or Malachi 3.10 says, uh, when we bring in our tithes, the Lord will pour out those blessings, right? And there shall not be room enough to contain it. That's my paraphrase there. But, you know, we've all heard these verses and these, these things before. And that's another whole other message that we're not going to get into here this morning. Uh, but I just wanted to throw those out to you there. Uh, Barnabas wanted to make a difference for the Lord. Uh, and we see him not only willing to give, give his resources that we just looked at there in Acts 4, but now we'll see that he's willing to give of himself. Give of himself. Let's go to Acts 9 now and take a look at verses 26 and 27. Acts 9, verses 26 and 27 says this, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed, or he assessed, or he thought about, uh, joining himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Uh, Verse 27 says, But Barnabas, but Barnabas took him and brought him into the disciples and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way. And that he had spoken to him and uh, how he had uh, preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So the church was still experiencing persecution here, as, as I mentioned. And uh, they all knew about Saul. And as you know, Saul had been one of those, the chief persecutors of the believers, right? Uh, and the disciples thought that it was a trap. That he was trying to you know, make his way in and infiltrate there so uh, he can, he can uh, wreak havoc there uh, amongst them as well and, and possibly kill them. But, you know, that's kind of what happens uh, to us when we accept Christ uh, as as a new believer, Mm -hmm. right? They remember who we were, but they don't know who we are now, right? Uh, And and that's kind of what was going on here. You know, maybe our family members, our coworkers that spent a lot of time with us and they've seen us live a worldly life, uh, they're like, there's no way he can be a Christian. There's no way he can do that, right? But only the power of the gospel can change a life and make it so completely different uh, that, that it's such a different change that people are just, they, they can't explain it. And those who know our testimony, those who have seen that change, they can be that advocate for us. They can be that advocate. And that was Barnabas here. Uh, you know, people can say, yeah, this guy was maybe a drunk or he was a drug addict or he did this or he that, did that. But once he got saved, once he accepted Christ as his Savior, I saw that change. There was a difference. There was a difference in this person. I've seen it. And verse 27 says, but Barnabas. Right? He was that one. He was that advocate. The Lord used Barnabas to be that advocate for Saul, to convince his fellow believers, if you will, that Saul's conversion was the real deal. It was the real thing. So you may recall at the beginning of Acts 9 there when Saul was converted, and then just a few verses later in verse 20, Saul immediately begins to witness in the synagogues in Damascus there. Verse 20 says, and straightway, that word straightway means immediately, right? He didn't delay. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. So Barnabas was willing to give of himself, to put his own reputation on the line, if you will, for the sake of this new believer. Uh, And uh, this made an obvious difference in Saul's life as he started his ministry. So Barnabas was important there. Uh, And uh, uh, Saul is eventually accepted into the group of believers in Jerusalem, as uh, uh, we see here in uh, Acts 9, verse 28. It says, and he, being Saul, was with them coming in and going out in Jerusalem. So we see now he's accepted, and he's going in and around Jerusalem preaching and teaching. So Barnabas uh, was key to making a difference there. 
So Saul continues preaching uh, with power and boldness, not only there in Jerusalem, but uh, because of threats to his life uh, for his boldness of preaching, they say, you need to go to Tarsus. Just get away for a while, go to Tarsus. Uh, so they send him over to Tarsus there. We'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, but uh, Barnabas was, was key in the life of Saul here at this point. So, you know, we can make a difference in other people's lives too, can't we? We can be that Barnabas. We can make that difference. But we need to be willing. We need to be willing to give of ourselves, give of our time, our talents, our treasures, those kinds of things. Whatever the Lord is bringing into our lives that he wants to use us, we need to be willing. There may be opportunities for you to be a Barnabas, to share the gospel with someone and bring them into the fellowship of the church. Sometimes we need to just take our eyes off of ourselves, though, right? So we're so busy about ourselves, it's all about us, right? But we need to get a step away. We need to get that bigger picture. Say, Lord, what do you want to use me for? How can I make a difference? We're all busy doing things these days, right? Uh, but uh, what would you do uh, if the Lord wants, you to, wants to use you in a certain way and ask you maybe to give some things up? And you really want him to do something or you really have something, and the Lord says, nope, I need you to do something else. I need you to give that up or put that aside for now because I need to use you in this way. Would you serve him? Or would you do your own thing? You know, I've been trying to take advantage of this good weather this past week. Uh, you know, as many of us maybe have. You know, I've been on the road for a couple months and uh, just trying to do some yard projects and those kinds of things. And Pastor called me up and, and he says, hey, can you do Sunday school lesson for me? It was early in the week. And immediately I'm like, man, the weather's supposed to be great this week, but I got to study, right? <laughs> So I was like, okay, what do I do? Well, it really didn't take but three seconds. I was like, Lord, I just saw the big picture. Lord, you bless me with all this stuff uh, to get to where I'm at right now. And I said, I have no problem dropping that so I can put some time in and study. Maybe be a blessing to someone today. I don't know. But, you know, sometimes we need to be willing to do that. We need to be willing to give up what we want to do so we can study, so we can, uh, study or serve or do whatever it is that, that God wants us to do so we can be a blessing uh, to others. And I believe that's the heart that Barnabas had here. He was willing to give what he could to make a difference. So we need to be encouraged by that. We need to maybe consider that as well. You know, John Bunyan, who authored Pilgrim's Progress, he wrote, a man there was, and they called him mad. The more he gave, the more he had, right? And that's kind of the way we need to see things, right? Uh, it's more, what, more blessed to give than to receive. So what are you willing to give? What are you willing to give up? Think about those things. So first we see that Barnabas was uh, willing to give. He gave to God. He gave his money, his time, his influence. And God used him to help and encourage others. Now secondly, we see that Barnabas also had a heart to serve. He had a heart to serve. You know, there's something for everyone to do in the church, amen? Something for everyone. You can go to the press. You can pray. You can clean. You can, I mean, there's something for everyone to do. You don't have to be, you know, called to preach or anything like that. Just... We all need to serve, right? It gets back to that desire, that, that, that um, reasonable service, right? We need to have that within us to do something. Uh, we all need to be active in our faith, not just warm the pews and, and come to hear an awesome Sunday school lesson when, when Pastor and Brother Justin teach, right? <laughs> I had to escape that one. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, need to, we need to be active. Lord, how can you use me? I, he's given each and every one of you an ability and a talent, so need to be thinking about that this year. But the same attitude that compelled Barnabas to be generous with his money and his influence was that same attitude that led him to be generous with his time and his talents and now being able to serve. He had that heart to serve. Uh, even the Lord Jesus came to serve, right? Matthew 20, uh, verse 28 says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, 
but to minister, right? Uh, and to give his life a ransom for many. So we all know that we need to be more like Christ, right? We hear that all the time. We need to be more uh, like Christ. But, you know, we need, to be, we need to go beyond that. We need to go beyond just saying those words, right? We need to have a, a, beyond will, a willingness to give or a willingness to serve, but we must live out that willingness. And that's a difference. We need to actually do those things, right? Uh, we, we might have a desire to want to help or desire to want to do this, but are you going to do it? Are you going to serve, right? That's, there's a difference. You've got to take that step. So in many ways, Barnabas lived out his willingness. He lived out that willingness to serve throughout his life. He realized that uh, ministry was not all about him, right? But it was about giving back, about serving God and, and encouraging those around him. So in other words, he had the right heart. He had the right focus uh, about serving. So as you think about ministry or maybe what you can do to serve uh, here this year and the coming year, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to have that right heart? That's going to make all the difference, having that right heart. And there is a difference between serving in a ministry and doing a job in the church. There's a difference there. We're going to look at a couple examples here. A couple quotes that I found that will help put this in perspective here. These are pretty neat. It says, if you're doing it because no one else will do it, it's a job. But if you're doing it to serve the Lord, it's a ministry. If you do it because someone else said it needs to be done, it's a job. But if you do it because you're convinced it needs to be done, it's a ministry. This next one is a good one. It says, it's hard to get excited about a job, right? How many of us have worked for years at a place, right? And you just, you've been doing the same job and you're not really excited. To, you just, it's a job now, right? You're not excited about it. So it's hard to get excited about a job. But it's almost impossible not to get excited about a ministry, Right? You just get behind it, you put your heart into it, you're just excited to do it. Another one here is, if your concern is success, it's a job. But if your concern is faithfulness, it's a ministry. And this last one I like as well. It says, an average church is full of people doing jobs, but a great church is filled with people serving in a ministry. So I don't know about you, but I want our church to be a great church, not just an average church, right? But it's going to take commitment. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take a willingness for everyone to do their part. Let's get back to our text here in Acts 11. <clears throat> back to Acts 11 there. So the church in Jerusalem hears about all this, uh, the moving of the Spirit of God in Antioch. So they send Barnabas out to go check things out. And here's what he finds, verse 23 and 24. It says, Who, when he came and seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added to the church. So here we see more of Barnabas' character. We see he was a good man. He was faithful, full of the Holy Ghost, and he was excited to see that the Spirit of God was moving among the people. So he begins preaching and teaching there in Antioch. Kind of becomes a leader there of the church and urges the people to continue cleaving to the Lord uh, with their heart, not just outwardly. This word cleave here uh, is the same word we find in Genesis 2.24, where it means to bond in a personal way, kind of like husbands cleave unto your wives, right? Barnabas liked what he saw when he got to Antioch, and he encouraged the people to not lose that bond, right? To stay close to the Lord, to not lose that closeness. You know, most of us have used glue in the past, right? Maybe if you broke something or your kids broke something. Uh, you need to kind of glue it together to, to bring those two pieces uh, back together. 
Now, I'm an aspiring DIYer. <laughs> so I have lots of projects going on at my house because I'm cheap, and I'd rather do it myself than to pay somebody else to do it, right? <clears throat> so whenever I make a bad measurement or a bad cut and I need to kind of hide something, um, you know, I need to kind of trim it out. We call that, in, in my house, we call that custom, right? <laughs> We're doing custom work uh, either here or there. Or what's the other word we like to use? Uh, make it look rustic, right? <laughs> it's a rustic look to it, right? Character, <laughs> Character right? So those kinds of things. <clears throat> well, I found, I had to do some, I was doing some custom work on my deck uh, this last week, right? And I needed to glue some pieces of trim together. So I found this glue. And some of you guys may know about it. It's called 2P10. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, 2P10. But it's, it's actually a pretty, uh, pretty strong glue. I got, I got the bottle over here, small bottle. 2P10. Good stuff. Better than crazy glue, better than Gorilla Glue. It's just awesome stuff, right? So the glue is in one bottle here, but there's something else that you need to, to use with it. It's called activator. So there's a spray activator that you, you put this on one side, spray activator on the other side, put them together. Within 10 seconds, this thing makes, makes a strong bond. I mean, you can hear it crackling. It's, I mean, it's, it's like fusing everything together. It's like super strong stuff. It's awesome. So I'm trying to glue this, this stuff together. Um, so, and uh, I, I put... I put it on a few pieces and it worked fine, but I forgot to put the activator on another piece of trim. So I just put the glue on, on that trim. I go back the next day, that piece that I didn't use the activator with was on the ground because it didn't bond. It didn't bond well because you need those two things together. Initially seemed to hold, but the next day it was on the ground. So what's my point here? Barnabas was encouraging the believers to maintain a strong bond with the Lord. So as I thought about this cleaving and bonding here uh, that he was talking about, I thought about this glue. You know, I can take a look at that bottle, and all day long, I know the power that that glue has. It's very strong stuff, very strong glue. But it needs to be unlocked by the activator. You need something else to go with that in order to make it work, right? We can look at our Bible all day long, and we know the bonding power and the strength that is in the Word of God. But if we don't have something else to go with that, it'll just sit on our shelf, right? The activator that we need is a willing heart. That willing heart is that activator that'll, that'll fuse the Word of God into our lives and to make us one with God as we, as we strive to have that personal relationship. Uh, just like that, the activator and the glue, it fuses those two pieces together. You need them both. You need them both. When you have the Word of God and a willing heart both working together, you have that cleaving. You have that immediate bond. Amen? And that's kind of what picture I came, that came to mind as I was thinking about that. So Barnabas continues serving in Antioch there, uh, and people are cleaving to the Lord, uh, and the church is growing. Uh, verse 24 says, much people were added unto the Lord. And Barnabas realized that things were, go were growing fast, and he needed uh, some help. So where does he go? Where does he go? He says he goes to Tarsus, right? He goes to Tarsus to find Saul. Saul was that new convert that he brought along to the apostles, right? They both eventually come back to Antioch, and they serve together there for a year. Uh, Acts 11, 25, and 26 uh, says, uh, Then they departed, or then departed Barnabas uh, to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So Barnabas had that willingness to serve. He modeled Christ to those around him. And throughout his ministry with Paul, the believers in Antioch saw this, uh, and they grew and they also modeled Christ uh, in their lives as well. 
So Barnabas and Paul were such a reflection of Christ that these early followers uh, were called Christians first. And why, why do you think they were called that? Uh, they were called Christians first where? In Antioch, right? Because no doubt it was due to the leadership and example of Barnabas and Saul. So we see that Barnabas uh, was a giver. He was a server. And now I want to look at uh, one more attribute in the time we have uh, left here this morning. Now turn over a couple pages to Acts 15. Acts 15, verses 36 and 39. Now here we see that Barnabas was also a mentor. A mentor. Verse 36 says, And some days after Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Verse 37 says, And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. So at the onset of the second missionary journey here, John Mark wanted to accompany Barnabas and Saul. But he was also with them on their first missionary journey there, and he kind of abandoned them when things got tough. So Paul is like, nope, we don't want him to come with us. He's just going to be a detriment to what we're doing here. But Barnabas, right? Barnabas saw something different here in John Mark, and he decided to stay with him. He decided to mentor him while Paul went on. Now, sometimes all someone needs is just to put their arm around them, right? We just need to come along someone and just give a little encouragement uh, and put their arm around them and help them through their struggles, and someone who can believe in them. And that was Barnabas. He was an encourager. He, he believed in what was going on here, and he knew that there was something special there in John Mark, and, and, uh, and he wanted to spend time with him there. And that time was well worth it. Uh, we find that as uh, Paul ends uh, 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 nears the end of his ministry there, uh, he has something different to say about John Mark. Uh, Paul is requesting Timothy to bring Mark with him, and uh, he gives a pretty powerful compliment here about Mark. You don't have to turn there, but 2 Timothy 4.11 says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable uh, for me to the ministry, or for the ministry. So what changed here? What changed? Uh, from the time that uh, they parted ways there in Acts 15 till uh, here in 2 Timothy, uh, and Paul refused, or uh, Saul uh, refused to have John Mark go with him there on that second journey. What was the difference? What made the difference there? It was Barnabas, right? Barnabas was the one. Uh, you know, remember, he's considered the son of consolation. So he's had, you know, a history, if you will, a, an attitude of, of, of serving and, and helping and those kinds of things. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was no different here um, with John Mark. Barnabas was a man who willingly gave to God. He willingly served others. He willingly mentored those who had fallen away from the faith, if you will. And his identity was changed because of his attitude, because of what was in his heart, and what, what the desire that was there. You know, his testimony to serve and to help and to encourage was so strong that those around him decided to change his name there, to change it more accurately to reflect who he really, truly was. So I ask you a question this morning. If you were to be renamed, what would your name be? What would your name be changed to? based on who you truly are and what your attitude is and your actions, right? Something to think about this morning. You know, we have to realize that being a Christian is not all about us, right? Uh, but what the Lord may want to do through us, want to do through us, to reach lost souls, to encourage the saints, to be active in mentoring, 
and, and whatever talents and abilities he's given us, we need to be willing to give that to him. He used Barnabas to, to groom and to grow others. Maybe he wants to use you to serve in a ministry or to come alongside someone to encourage them uh, through this coming year and to be a help to them. Pointing them to Christ, helping them to grow, uh, just as others, no doubt, maybe have come alongside of you, put their arm around you, shepherded you through some tough times and tough spots. Right? We need to, we need to do that. So is there a Barnabas in your life? Maybe the Lord wants you to be at a, Bar- a Barnabas in someone else's life. All of us here uh, uh, this morning can apply these three very basic qualities from Barnabas, but it all comes down to one word, willingness. We need to have that willingness to do it. We can think all day long. We can look at the Bible all day long. We, we know what the Word of God says, but if we don't have a willingness to get into it, if we don't have a willingness to study, a willingness to apply it, right, then it's just going to be the Word of God that we know is a strong, powerful Word. But we need to make it personal. We need to bond with God's Word, right? And it needs to be part of who we are uh, so we can move forward and He can use us in whatever ways that He wants to use us. So as we head into the new year, I just wanted to encourage you this morning from an encourager, right? Uh, And to challenge you to be a Barnabas. Be willing to give, be willing to serve, and be willing to mentor. Amen? So I got you out of here just a little bit early this morning. Um, let's pray. <laughs> there you go. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for the, the many examples you give us in Scripture of, of how we need to pattern our lives, Lord. And, and Barnabas was just a great example of uh, some basic things that we need to, to try to foster in our own lives, Lord, to, to keep our eyes open, to have that big picture, to see where you want to use us, and, and not just uh, be filling the pews, Lord, but uh, to be active in our faith and And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to stir up within us, uh, Lord, that we would be a great church, not just an average church, Lord, that you would use us in a way that we can fill Jerusalem with your doctrine, and uh, Lord, that uh, we would just be that beacon, that light on a hill that people would see and want to come to, and Lord, that know that we have the truth, Lord, and that truth would set them free. So, Father, we just ask that you'd uh, bless the rest of our day today. Thank you for the time, and just uh, bless now as we uh, dismiss in Jesus' name, amen. And then you're dismissed for now.